Hey folks, it's Seb here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before we get started, I would just like to acknowledge that this podcast is created, recorded, and distributed on the land of the Kulin Nations, and I pay respect to elders past, present, and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Thanks, y'all. Hope you enjoy the show. everyone, welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast dedicated to providing educational content on a range of different social issues. This week we're discussing what it's like to be a part of the LGBTQIA community and the intricacies of navigating sexual orientation and gender outside of what is considered the norm. Um, I'm Sebastian, one of the academic RAs at Giacomos, and today I'm joined by Amber. Uh, please feel free to introduce yourself. Yep, hello. Um, I'm Amber, one of the Diversity and Inclusion RAs for Jackamoss Hall in 2020. Um, and I'm one of the RAs for Fourth East. Mm, nice. Yeah, I'm Third East. I'm like directly below. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, so I guess first things first. Uh, well, first things first, how are you? How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, that's good it's not as hot today as it has been yeah (laughs) which is good yeah I feel like the past week has kind of been um like it's kind of been really hot and sticky every single day and it's kind of I don't know just classic Melbourne I guess yeah yeah (laughs) um so firstly uh what are your pronouns so I use she her pronouns Cool. Yeah. Um, and I use he, him and they, them pronouns. Um, so I guess how do you define yourself in terms of gender and sexual orientation? If you do label your identity, um, that is. Yeah, sure. So, um, I identify as a lesbian. I only, um, date women because that's what a lesbian is. Yeah. Um, course people probably knew that but (laughs) anyway it's good to clarify make sure everyone's on the same page yeah um and then gender's a bit confusing because um in a way I feel like being a lesbian um sort of makes my relationship with womanhood a bit more complicated Mm. than for people who um don't identify as being same-sex attracted whether that's in the capacity of being a lesbian or bi or pan Um, so I'm still kind of trying to navigate my gender and things like that. So yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, I definitely, um, for myself have kind of a similar thing where, um, so I'm attracted to men, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know, it, it is what it is, but, um, and kind of having, but I'm also, I, I also identify as, non-binary and kind of gender fluid that those kinds of things and it definitely it's definitely hard kind of yeah kind of navigating that um the kind of that intersection of sexual orientation and gender um especially when you're kind of exist outside of the binary you're kind of um, still figuring it all out it can definitely be very tricky yeah yeah um like i i know it's kind of i definitely find myself sometimes like can i am I still technically gay if I'm like, cause I was assigned, I was assigned male at birth. Um, but if I'm non-binary, am I still an attracted to men? Am I still gay? Can I still reclaim these words, sex, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of, yeah. 
yeah, it can definitely be a complicated thing to navigate, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, for anyone really who yeah. identifies not wholly with the gender they've been assigned at birth, mm. things like that. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, I guess when did you come to terms with your um, sexual orientation and or, I guess, gender? And what was that like? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, just just an easy question. Just a you know, <laughs> um, short answer. I don't know. <laughs> no. Mine's kind of... Well, I'd say mine's a long process, but mm. I guess it probably feels long because I've lived through it. But um, I first started having, like, feelings of attraction towards women when I was about 11, I would mm. say. So quite young. I'd only just started puberty. Um and I just had no idea what was happening. I thought, oh, um, why am I attracted to this one specific girl? This is really weird. Mm. I thought at the time that um, girls could only be attracted to boys and that I was abnormal for um, feeling way, feeling things that are different towards women, things like that. Um, and I sort of really repressed that part of me for years and years and years until I was about 13 14 and I tried out using the label bi or bisexual for a little while because I thought well I'm attracted to women and I guess I'm attracted to men I don't know or I didn't Mm. really know at the time fully um so yeah from the years of about 13 to 15 I was kind of playing around a bit more with my identity yeah um was comfortable with the term bi at the time um and then I started dating men more seriously and found that I really didn't feel the same kind of attraction it was more kind of um an extension of a really strong friendship yeah um and there are a lot of feelings that I just didn't reciprocate um towards men like I did with women so mm. I started identifying as a lesbian shortly after that and yeah. ever since. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like you, there was like a pressure um, to be attracted to men? Yeah, um, I definitely did. Mm. Um, for instance, um, I didn't come out for a long time because I was part of a netball team, mm-hmm. an all girls netball team. Um, and I was a little bit scared about how that might <laughs> like the consequences yeah. of coming out, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, it can definitely be tricky. Um, yeah, for, for me, I guess, I kind of realised at like a similar age, kind of like um, when I was like around 10 years old, I remember um, kind of like realising and like I straight away like told my mum, like, mum, I think I'm gay. And she was like, okay, that's cool. And I was like, yay what's for dinner like i don't know it was kind of oh that's that's really good yeah my i've I've been really lucky um with kind of having supportive parents and stuff like that but it definitely was i kind of like realized um because i didn't really have like a what's the word not like not contraception concept Concept, yes not yeah i i also didn't have contraception at that age but i (laughs) i um i like I didn't have like a concept of um, being gay under like a head in like a heteronormative society. For me, it was just like, oh, I'm attracted to men. Um, 
cool, you know? Um, and it, like, I remember being like attracted to like Zac Efron and being like, Oh, like this is just normal kind of, but then the societal kind of like, um, pressure or like heteronormativity kind of set in. Um, cause I did kind of like come out the next day to my school friends, but then very quickly jump back, jumped back into the closet. Um, until about like year nine or year 10 in high school. Yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, so yeah. Are you out of the closet? Um, um, so hmm. to socially, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, to all my friends on res, um, pretty much fully out. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some instances where I wouldn't necessarily consider myself out. Um, for instance, I don't really feel comfortable with my boss at work knowing, um, about that part of me. Yeah. In some instances, um, I kind of don't really mention, um, that I have a partner or, um, yeah, I try not to (laughs) bring it up at all, um, around my boss in particular, just, um, you know, for safety reasons, just in case. Um, yeah. In classes at uni, it depends on the class. Um, For instance, um, in my Japanese class, I'm particularly careful with it because I'm not sure um, how traditional or not my Japanese senseis are. Um, So I generally try and leave that out of the equation altogether. Mm. But for the most part, yes, I am out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was that process like for you? Um, I guess, as you said, you kind of, um, identified with bi for a bit, um, and then eventually lesbian, um, is, yeah. What was that like for you, especially growing up? So, um, my mum kind of didn't know for a long time what was going Mm. on. Um, she just had no idea, thought I was completely like, I don't want to say normal, but as you would expect, um, a teenager to be so straight yeah (laughs) um yeah interested in men things like (laughs) that um i didn't choose to come out to my mum unfortunately um she kind of figured out the girl i was dating at the time was my girlfriend yeah um and asked me about it and so i told her the truth i thought well it's kind of obvious now Mm. um she wasn't too happy at the time oh which kind of sucked um for me for a little while but um, I think it mostly just sucked because, oh, well, she wasn't too accepting at first because um, it must have been quite a shock for her, I think, Yeah. Um, considering she didn't really see it coming in particular. Mm. And I guess she had all these um, thoughts and dreams for her daughter, me, um, mm. that included, you know, marrying a man. Yeah. Um, and gay marriage wasn't legalized at the time. So yeah. she would have been thinking, oh, she's never going to get married, never going to have kids, um, mm. things like that. All these expectations. Yeah. yeah. But um, slowly over time, she's gotten a lot better. Oh, that's good. Which is great. Um, mm. So I don't have to necessarily hide who I am anymore or um, who, I, who I'm hanging around with. Mm. Um, and then after my mum found out, I pretty much started to come out fully socially at school. Yeah. Um, things like that. So I was about 16 at the time when I finally fully came out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
That's so cool. I think, um, I know that's quite similar to like, um, my experience coming out. Um, uh, well in terms of the age, um, I luckily, I guess my mum was kind of good from the get go, I guess. Yeah. Um, even if she like didn't know all the, the terminology or something, but she was kind of, her intentions were good from the output, uh, from like the get go, which was really great. And I'm really privileged cause not everyone has that. Mm. Um, and yeah. And then I kind of, after kind of coming out at 10 and then jumping back in and I had like a primary school girlfriend for like six months. Um, <laughs> and we'd like kiss on the cheek behind, like, like around the corner and like kind of in like the secluded area. And we were like, and it was like, it was like cute, but like, I was like, is this, is this love? Like, <laughs> this is, this is what love is, right? Like being in love with a woman and like kissing the cheek. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. but yeah. Um, but in high school, I was kind of around 16, 17 that I, um, kind of started coming out. Uh, I think a lot of people would have assumed, I don't know that that kind of means that they get, they like know, but, um, I remember there was this one philosophy class where, um, I think, I'm not sure if it was the same philosophy class, but one, okay. So I had this one philosophy class where like, they were like, everyone was like, oh, we're talking about, um, like our teacher was like, oh, we're going to talk about the male gaze. I was like, the male gaze? Yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> um, but it ended up, I mean, it ended up being a really interesting feminist discussion that I was totally on board for. But um, Loki disappointed that yeah, it wasn't about being gay. Honestly. Um, but I think maybe it was like a few, couple sessions after that. Because um, I was like, kind of like making like, jokes like that but like uh but eventually we had like a just like a class discussion and i kind of came out through that because we were talking about being like lgbt plus and stuff like that yeah um yeah and then i've kind of been through that um since then but i definitely um with like the not coming out of like work and stuff that's really interesting because i kind of i didn't think about it until when you mentioned that but i definitely i guess unconsciously did that um and and do that at work at the moment um because i'm not really out there um and i i don't know i guess like i'll like i'll be like on like tinder on my lunch break or something like swiping on guys and then if like someone's like walking past my um like um because i work in an office um walks past like my room i'll just like kind of hide my phone or like (laughs) turn the screen brightness down very low um kind of a thing and it was just kind of like by instinct or something or kind of yeah yeah kind of like an I don't want to say like instinctly kind of like survival thing but it definitely I think kind of roots in that and kind of like or if they find out then something could happen you know yeah um and coming out you're never done coming out yeah you come out um every new person you meet um, mm. if you choose to do so, um, every new friend, mm. like, um, when you're close with someone, you kind of share most details of your life. So yeah, whenever you make a new friend or start to get a bit closer to someone, it's kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm gay. Mm. So yeah, you're never really done coming out, unfortunately, Yeah, but it's yeah. never ending subscription. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
honestly like yeah um yeah so i guess so what's your relationship with the term queer like because it's uh, recently become a term that's kind of been reclaimed by a lot of people um but i also know that some people choose not to reclaim it so um yeah what's that like for you um so for me i mean huh i wouldn't necessarily describe myself as queer even though being a lesbian could fall under the umbrella term of queer but for me um the term queer to describe me as an individual isn't specific enough yeah um yeah i don't know for me labels are really important i like um being really specific about who i am and things like that um but i think the word queer is probably a good word to use for the broader community Mm. of um lgbtqia plus people yeah um because let's face it the acronym's getting pretty long yeah so um, you're you're always kind of going to be excluding somebody um in a way yeah yeah. um like even having the plus there is kind of like i don't know it's like oh i don't know it's hard because it's like you want to include everyone but then otherwise it'd be like a 20 like letter acronym kind of a thing yeah and i i know there's a really 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 long version of um the acronym that i've seen online and no yeah (laughs) nah she ain't the one no yeah um yeah i definitely kind of um for me personally queer kind of has this radical element to it it's kind of i don't want to say like activisty but it definitely there's i don't know just the way i see it it's um it's inherently kind of rejecting of struct like structures and kind of in society and yeah. oppression and it's definitely um a label that has ties with that i think um yeah, yeah. like unfortunately um queer identities are inherently political especially yeah. in um the current political environment yeah um not just in australia either um all across the world there are mm. still so many countries where it is illegal to be gay or transgender mm. so yeah yeah super fun times yeah yeah woo-hoo. love checking um countries when i'm considering exchange seeing if i'll literally yeah. get in trouble <laughs> yeah that's the thing that i guess um says had uh, like people who aren't uh who are straight and cisgender um don't have to really think about like before they're traveling like will i get persecuted if i go here (laughs) like even um considering exchange at monash malaysia yeah um because there is a law in malaysia against um homosexual activity oh um so it kind of makes me think oh hmm maybe Mm, not (laughs) yes perhaps (laughs) Uh, no yes yes although homosexual activity that the first thing that came into mind was like knitting like a rainbow scarf or something like (laughs) homosexual activity like everything i do is homosexual activity you know yeah i guess you go to jail yes for rainbow yes no rainbow um but yeah it definitely um it's, it's tough um but i i don't know i like with the word queer it's kind of like because it did used to be um like its history is kind of it 
was a slur and it kind of um was a word that often i guess preceded violence um towards um lgbt plus people so i yeah like i i definitely for me personally i do kind of identify with it kind of but definitely in like the broader community sense but i also i'm also always like um or are you comfortable with me using queer to describe you kind of a thing yeah um, you can always just ask um a person hey are you comfortable with i call you yeah this label or even just ask um what do you prefer to be yeah um described as for instance Mm. yeah or how do you identify is always a good one yeah kind of leaving it open-ended yeah um yeah i like that yeah um so do you do you see a lot of um misconceptions um about being a lesbian or being just broadly like lgbt plus um like things that people kind of commonly assume about your sexual orientation or gender um yeah um, so I think I'm quite lucky that I haven't experienced a whole lot of, um, overt homophobia mm. or lesbophobia, um, just in general, although that's yeah. not a universal experience, especially for a lot of people I know. Mm. Um, hmm. I think one thing is, especially when I was a teenager, um, some people, particularly men, um, yeah didn't really understand that um being a lesbian and had a girlfriend meant i'm not interested they Mm. it just didn't for some reason didn't really translate over um not quite sure why but all right (laughs) yeah i definitely see a lot like online like um kind of people talking about how um well yeah particularly like lesbians i'm talking about how um they'll like reject advances from usually like um heterosexual men and be like like, no i'm i have a girlfriend or i'm a lesbian and but that that still won't process for them yeah or even um because i mean people have this idea that a lesbian is um extremely butch extremely masculine um kind of woman doesn't wear makeup doesn't wear dresses that kind of a thing um which isn't necessarily a bad stereotype there are definitely people out there who are lesbians who do look like that and are mm. more masculine there are so many different kinds of um lesbians just like there are all different kinds of other people yeah. straight cis trans yeah like um i wish people would understand it's more of a spectrum yeah it's not just okay you were this this one um mm. single stereotype because it's not necessarily true yeah are, are you are you suggesting that lesbians can be multi multi-dimensional there's not one monolith maybe i am oh wow <laughs> stay tuned no um <laughs> uh you heard it here first um but yeah, yeah definitely and i think i mean obviously i'm i'm not a lesbian so um i uh don't really experience this but um i would imagine that some there would sometimes be like in the interaction like if a you're um if you like reject a heterosexual man's advances that they kind of almost like be into it more when you tell them you're a lesbian that kind of like fetishism of lesbians can sometimes come into play particularly by heterosexual men kind of orienting yeah being a like 
being a lesbian, like homosexual activity, um, to like the male kind of like female yeah. consumption. And yet kind of um reject and be very against homosexual men. Yeah. Like I had um one friend, needless to say, he is not my friend anymore. Yeah. But um he was very much like that, was fine um talking to and being friendly with me, but was extremely homophobic towards um gay men in particular. Mm. <laughs> so So yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's so weird. What about you? What kind of stereotypes and things like that do you get with your identity? Yeah, um, so I'm also, I guess, um, pretty lucky in that I haven't had, um, I haven't had like a, a experience like overt kind of like homophobia or transphobia, um, or I guess yet because there's always that kind of constant Ooh. looming possibility. Hopefully not. Yeah, but hopefully. Uh, you know, touch wood. Um, uh, but I guess even like, um, more just kind of like subtly or just kind of like ingrained into society. There's a lot of things like, for example, like the bathrooms, um, kind of thing and being, Mm. uh, like being non-binary, I use the, um, like I use gender neutral restrooms when they're available. Obviously they're usually not available, um, but where possible, um, that's kind of where I like to do my, um, my homosexual activity. Um, going to the toilet. Peeing, yes. Um, that's yeah, bro. Is it gay if you, <laughs> fellas, is it gay to pee? Is it gay to go to the toilet? Yeah. Is it, is it gay to have, have a, have a poo Um, but no, that's definitely, um, that's definitely, something that's like um and if i if there's no like gender neutral restroom there i'll kind of use the just um go to like the men's restroom which is like pretty like traumatic um mostly because it's messy not like it doesn't oh yeah like... i've uh, definitely heard some horror stories yeah. about men's restrooms yeah i likely don't get that dysphoric in um like men's restrooms but it kind of I, every time i'm like oh men it's like so dirty and like, uh, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so glad I found on campus there's in, um, for any other people who use gender neutral restrooms, um, there's like an multi, multi, multi stalled gender neutral restroom in, uh, Sir John's bar. I'll say that again, multi-stalled, more than one stalls. It's, there's a plethora of like clean yeah. bathrooms that any gender well I mean any gender can use any bathroom in, but like you know it's it's amazing and it's kind of yeah I love that um yeah is it in Sir John is that yeah one? it's in Sir John oh okay there's um another one in campus center on yeah. level one it's towards um ooh, how do I describe it um it's like kind of opposite near, Sir John's is it or am sort I of, of yeah something? it's near disability support services oh there's, okay there's um, a bunch of toilets down there there's um a <clears throat> male toilet a yeah. female toilet and then an all genders bathroom that's okay. also multi-stall oh um, that's nice yeah i have to check that out um but yeah that's kind of um a thing also just kind of like everyday language like ladies and gentlemen or men and women kind of that kind of unnecessary reminder of like binary like gendered language um which again isn't really targeting individuals but it's just kind of like blanket kind of like 
Um, yeah, which I guess isn't really like a misconception, but it's kind of like prevalent, like a prevalent kind of, um, yeah, manifestation of cis-normativity yeah. and stuff. Like I wouldn't say it's necessarily um, wrong or it makes you a bad person to mm. say like ladies and gentlemen or anything like that. It's more, um, I don't know, just trying to be aware and mm. um, being active to try and change your language to be a bit more inclusive towards everyone. Yeah. Uh, things like that. So saying, um, hello, everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even y'all, you all. Yeah. Things that, like that. that. Southern slang kind of. Yeah. Um, or even ladies, men and non-binary friends. I've yeah. I've heard that used before. Yeah. Definitely um, lots of ways that you can kind of, um, yeah, do that. Oh, kind of leading on from that. Um, what can people who regard themselves as LGBTQIA plus allies do to kind of be better allies and um, be active in their support? Yeah, sure. So um, I think giving um, queer people a voice, letting them mm. um, have their own spaces is really good as well. Um, because of course we need allies. We need a lot of allies um, mm. just to be included in not necessarily our spaces, but um, in the movement for more equal rights for people who are gay. Yeah. Um, because the more people who view us as just like them, um, the better and the easier it is for people to come out and be who they are too. Um, also listening to queer people mm. and their voices, um, experiences and things like that. Um, and also standing up for us is really good too. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important, especially, um, like when we're not there in the room, kind of yeah. making sure that, um, uh, we're still kind of like present through your um, kind of, yeah, your support and your kind of active, like if someone like says something that's um, homophobic or transphobic yeah. or um, just like they could do better than just kind of um, bringing them up on it and kind of um, making sure. Um, Cause you, you also like never know uh, there could be like, uh, like LGBT plus people in the room, um, but they just, aren't out or they aren't yeah. like um outwardly present what you perceive as like outwardly presenting yeah. it so even just kind of like making that space feel safe and comfortable for them that can be a huge step as well yeah for sure and even um correcting people's incorrect pronoun use of another person mm. um if you hear any of that just politely be like oh um they use these pronouns mm. not um he or she yeah, like and please use the correct pronouns for this person. Yeah, one hundred percent, and yeah, uh, especially like again when they're not there as well, when they're like not there to like defend themselves. Oh yeah, like yeah. um, your support extends to when we aren't in the room. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, just kind of like uplifting our voices. Yeah, kind of, um, like f for me, an easy thing to do, like um, especially like on social media platforms like Twitter or even like Facebook and stuff, just kind of like sharing posts um like on twitter there'll be like um twitter threads about um well this uh, obviously i'm lgbt plus but like when it comes to like um people of color like um disability like a bunch of like different um i guess marginalized identities just kind of 
reposting what they say without kind of me adding to it or kind of just like yeah uplifting their voices in that way yeah that's like a very easy thing to do um and because because you're learning and then you're helping your followers and your mutuals learn as well and kind of yeah because um like we're already kind of saying um like there's kind of i guess there's kind of like a myth that um we're not we're just not being vocal enough or we're not talking about it but like we are here we've been talking about it for like a long time Mm, um yeah people just aren't listening and people just aren't kind of um sharing it as widely as it kind of needs to be yeah yeah um and kind of related do you think um that modern activist and feminist movements cater to the needs of lgbtqia plus people um or queer people or do you think there's more that they can do yeah um i think um modern feminism is becoming more and more progressive in Mm. being more intersectional and including um people who are queer for sure um although they're probably still are things we could be doing a little bit better Mm. feminist wise um hmm trying to think of one like um being more inclusive of trans women in women's Mm. spaces things like that um i'm in no way saying that if you're a feminist you automatically exclude trans women Mm. but um i think showing a lot more positivity Mm. towards trans girls in particular is really important it would be a really big step forward yeah and just being like mindful to not um because i think yeah kind of like living in a uh we live in a society no um we like living <laughs> in the society we live in is kind of like the default to kind of have like a no- lot of like normalized yeah of, like things so just kind of like being actively kind of making sure that they're included making sure that they feel safe and have a voice and stuff like that yeah yeah for sure yeah and especially um because like um like our community like the lgbt plus community was is kind of like built on the backbone of like working class transgender women of color particularly oh yeah black, black and brown transgender women and so um and yet they're often the ones that are kind of alienated from the community especially um and kind of it's yeah it's kind of heartbreaking to see um but yeah kind of as you said it's kind of changing and um more and more people are being aware of these kinds of things um yeah did you have any um queer people that you looked up to growing up um or continue to draw inspiration from whether that's family or friends or in the media um honestly not really Mm. um growing up i didn't have any queer people um in my life at all no one um in my extended family or anything was queer all very much um straight and cis um but yeah i don't know i just kind of forged my own identity i guess yeah um didn't really have any queer role models or anything oh yeah that's a shame yeah i guess so yeah i don't know what about do you have any now that kind of you look up to that's a tough one i don't know really Mm. um i tend not to look up to people so much as well Mm. just um in general like um 
I can see celebrities and things and think, oh, wow, they're really cool. Mm. Um, that's great. But, yeah, I don't know. There's never really been um, many public figures that have inspired me very much, mm. I don't think. Yeah, I will just... Oh, did you see recently? Um, I think it was on Twitter. Um, there was this, like, like wedding photos of, I think, this um WLW couple like women women love women um I think one of them's bisexual and one of them's a lesbian I'm not 100% sure but um they were like had wedding photos of them holding swords and yes. stuff like that like that was really like that's kind of iconic yeah yeah um I just wanted to, yeah um but I kind of love um yeah that you kind of draw inspiration for yourself like you're your own role model in a way kind um, of like yeah. correct me if I'm like um yeah no that's sort of how it is like sort of me trying to find myself in the world i suppose yeah yeah that's so cool though um and so um powerful i think thank you what about you though um yeah i kind of um well kind of like um i guess a lot of like um lgbtqia plus like youtubers and stuff um even people like tyler oakley troy savan um, but I think a big, the one of probably one of the biggest influences was um, is a YouTuber called Cat Black. Um, she's um, a black trans woman in the US who creates really great educational content. I'd really like recommend um, people check her out if you just kind of want some like queer shit in your life. Um, although she also like talks about because she's also um, polyamorous and kind of talks about. Um, navigating like being black trans um polyamorous fat and stuff like and a woman as well um so it's really interesting um but she kind of kind of like helped me come to terms with the fact that I'm non-binary obviously she's a trans woman and I'm non-binary but it definitely um I think just the platform that she's kind of carved out for herself she's really um it was really kind of eye-opening I think which is really mm, great. Um, yeah. Um, apart from that, um, I also, in my family, the, I, uh, there is um, someone who is a lesbian um, and that I, I didn't see them that often. They were kind of like more extended family, I guess. Um, yeah. But... Um, like occasionally seeing them like every once every few years was kind of nice I guess and like them bring their partner to like family meals that was um it didn't really I don't know I guess it kind of helped normalize it like it didn't really register for me as like this is a gay couple this like it wasn't like kind of radically like it was just kind of like normalized and it was kind of they're just another one of the family you know um which was really cool Nice. I mean, um, coming back to the role models kind of thing, I realized, I think, um, especially coming to uni, mm. um, I've gotten to meet a lot of, um, older gay and trans people, mm. um, who are quite far in their degree, things like that. Like a good friend of mine who used to live here actually. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, Nicola or Nia, she prefers mm. to go by. That's her nickname. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Nicola if she ever watches, um, <laughs> But yeah, um, especially in my second year, um, Mm. just, you know, embracing being gay even more, things like that and seeing, okay, um, 
this bigger, older gay person, um, absolutely thriving in uni, nearly graduating, things like that. It's sort of, um, I don't know, it gives me a bit of hope for the future, thinking, wow, okay, look at all these um, older people like me who are doing Mm. whatever they want in life. Um, Student leaders as well, like the QOs. Yeah. Um, So queer officers, in case people um, aren't quite sure what the term QO meant. Um, As part of our student association, they're really great. Um, and I've helped out a lot. Like, for instance, um, one of my lecturers in my first year dropped um, the T-slur, which is a really, really, really horrible word um, that's yeah. quite offensive to transgender people. Yeah. And um, we won't mention it, but um, you can Google it, I think. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. The term isn't that important, um, but the fact that she said it was yeah. really bad and just kind of like casually um, like dropped it and come like well lecturing or like um or was it she was trying to use it as a linguistic example oh. um in really poor taste and yeah to be quite frank wasn't really a good example of the linguistic phenomenon she was trying to describe mm. um and on behalf of my friend who is non-binary they were quite um hurt by that yeah um so I sought out the help of one of the queer officers at the time and he actually emailed the lecturer on our behalf and said, hey, look, that's not okay. Yeah. And got her to publicly apologize. So, oh, that's, yeah. yeah, that's really great. Yeah. So yeah. it's great I, to see that kind of happen. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of um, people who are older than me and identify as queer have been really influential in my life, I think. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, oh, okay, cool. So that's how I should behave yeah. and, um, you know, help people out, things like that. Yeah, there's, I definitely, um, like, identify with that kind of thing, especially going to uni, like, there's, um, like, a few, like, I've made a few close friends with, like, um, like, yeah, LGBT plus people, um, especially, like, trans people who are, like, a bit older than me. Um, but it's definitely... Because you don't really see, like, LGBT, LGBT plus people kind of, like, existing um, in the in the media, or, like, in, like, film and TV. You don't really see us live happy, full lives. Um, there's, like, there's this trope of, like, the kill your gays trope where... Or the bury Ooh, your yeah. gays trope um, where we're kind of, like, killed off. Um, and so uh, it's... Yeah, it's kind of refreshing and reassuring to see um older um like lgbt plus people who have kind of gone through like the past decades and kind of who are still like alive and strong and still living their life um yeah yeah it's definitely like reinvigorating um as a younger queer person yeah yeah uh, are there any good LGBT plus resources that you wanted to highlight or recommend um, for anyone who might need them, particularly like on campus um, and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. So um, if you identify as a queer or questioning student, um, there's a queer lounge up in the campus centre in Clayton. There's also mm. a queer lounge in Caulfield in the, oh, I forget the name of the building, but um, it's near where they sell all the food and it's upstairs mm-hmm. at Caulfield. 
Yeah, it's near the food, which yeah. is good. Yeah, I know there's one at the Peninsula that's just come up, but oh. I'm not sure where because I've never been to the Peninsula campus. That's cool. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it's fairly mm. new. I think within the last year or so, oh, they've dedicated yeah. a queer space. But yeah, there's um, definitely a queer lounge. Um, it's fairly chill. Like it, a lot of people are really scared to come in for the first time. Mm. Um, you really don't have to be. There's even a door around the back. Um, yeah. So not the entrance opposite Whole Foods, but the one right behind where um, all the MSA officers are. Not many people walk past there. So if you don't want anyone to see you coming in, um, that entrance slash exit is always an option. Um, And no one's going to straight up hand you about how you identify. So don't worry about that if you haven't got it all figured out. Um, Everyone's really friendly. I'm always in there in between (laughs) classes. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like when I first went in there, I was kind of like nervous. Um, yeah. And um, but I kind of um, yeah, I kind of realized after like going there and going there like a few other times, I was like, oh, it's pretty chill, you know. Um, and I found that like bringing a friend who's also queer um, can kind of help, and so that way you're both you have someone there with you um, to kind of yeah kind of if you need like support or kind of just yeah. um, to have that like reassuring um yeah yeah and also um the qrs if you ever have any issues with um people at um or particularly faculty members at uni being um homophobic transphobic um mm. things like that uh what else Oh, I will just quickly uh, mention. Um, yeah, I th- I forgot, but when I first the first time I went in there was with the um, QOs at the time. I think I kind of like went to the QO office, which is opposite, I believe. Um, yeah. And they, I was like, oh, where's the lounge? And like they kind of they were very kind and very um, sweet and kind of like took me in and kind of like introduced. I think they introduced me or something, but they kind of like helped um, make this space a bit more comfortable for me. Um, especially like diving in to the deep end. I mean, not really. It was more kind of like diving into like the shallow end, like two steps yeah. in. But like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what else? There's the Save the Community Unit on Canvas as well. Mm. Um, the safety staff, um, queer one-on-one sessions, things like that. If you wanted to learn a bit more. Um, a lot of really great people run those sessions who are queer themselves, Mm. um, things like that. Um, and even the internet, um, using the internet to have a look into queer issues, Mm. um, see what's going on, things like that. And you can even ask us, like, um, I know I'm happy to answer pretty much any questions you might have and I'm sure you are too, Seb, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, don't be afraid like any question you have um if you're curious about it like that's in good faith you're not being offensive or anything um and knowledge is power so Mm. um it's better to learn than not know yeah we're here to help um and yeah even even if you're like an ally or if you're questioning or anything like we're we're happy to answer questions and stuff yeah of course yeah um so yeah, I guess if you could give one piece of advice to someone who is coming to terms with their sexual orientation or their gender um, in whatever way, um, what, what, would, what would that be? 
Um, ooh, I probably have a few things. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's fine too. Don't stress out too much about labels if you're really unsure because I know for a lot of people that can be really scary to um, mm. find a definitive label right away. You don't necessarily have to do that. Yeah, um, you're kind of like, sorry, I'll just, yeah, you're kind of like bombarded with like all these different labels, which can be really great for some people, um, kind of like going through them, but it, it can also be overwhelming. But like, yeah, you definitely don't have to yeah find one right away but yeah yeah and um coming out isn't mandatory mm. if you do not feel safe enough um or ready to come out you do not have to and you never have to if um that's what you choose to do and that's mm. fine if you could um similarly give one piece of advice to someone who has maybe just moved in on res um what would that be um, so try to go to as many of the res events that you can. Um, mm. I know that's a bit of bland and bland advice at the moment because we don't have any events because of the events regarding the coronavirus. Mm. But when events resume, um, provided you have enough energy, of course, um, definitely try and come along to them. Mm. Um, you'll definitely be able to make some friends. Um, and there's always free food. Mm. Yes, Even I if do love some free food. <laughs> you don't really want to participate, come and get some free food. Yes. And you'll probably meet a friend. Yeah, or at least eat some food, which is always good. Yes. Yeah, I know that like in my first year, I didn't really like living on res. Um, I like I definitely could have um, gone out to more events, I think, um, especially like during orientation or during the first few weeks. Yeah. Because um, it, it was a bit daunting i think because i didn't really know anyone on res um but like i went to like like i went to a few kind of towards the end of the year i was like oh this, this isn't so bad you know yeah um food and like kind nice people you know it was kind of pretty cool pretty yeah cool. i feel the same about my first year on res um because mm. i worked a lot in my first year i was working at mcdonald's two yeah. eight hour shifts a week Ooh. Um, and then one three or four hour shift. So I didn't really have a lot of time or energy to yeah. go to many events, um, during that year. Cause yeah. I was working to afford rent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got a better job now, so can work, um, significantly less hours for mm. a little bit more money, which is good. And I can attend events yes. um, more, which is great. And get free food, which is Ultimate, oh yeah yes also great yeah like ever since moving on campus literally i've like grocery shopping it's just like oh like my wallet is sore like <laughs> yeah it's so i didn't realize yeah um so yeah just kind of free food whenever i can which is good yeah yeah um but yeah that's all the questions that i had planned um cool. is there anything that you wanted to mention or kind of any yeah anything else that you wanted to like talk about or oh i don't think so i think we covered it yeah yeah awesome um well thank you for tuning in y'all i hope you learned um a bit about you know lgbt plus stuff and lots of gay shit um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Amber, do you have anything that you want to like plug, like social media wise or but Ooh. also you don't have to because I know that's a thing that people say at at the end of podcasts. 
but yeah. true um if you know. if you don't want people to find you that is completely fine <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah my facebook's um amber amelia um my instagram's just amber dot amelia um but yeah i don't know i don't really have a big like platform or anything like that that's so fair. it's more like a casual thing that's yeah fair. yeah but i thought I'd just ask any uh in case thank yeah. you um and i guess yeah you can uh i guess you could find me um just you know at sir john's just drink no um you can <laughs> you can find me at um i guess seb whittaker on facebook um and yeah my instagram's also seb whittaker um really creative with the names um but yeah um so yeah thank you very much for listening um we'll have a new podcast episode um up next week um with with another fantastic guest um thank you so much for um being on this podcast amber yeah of Um, course yeah i we i think we had a great convo talked about a lot of great gay shit yeah it was was really good Yeah, yeah um so yeah um, I'll catch you all next week um, and I hope you all have a very amazing week um, yeah okay bye. bye have you seen that um <laughs> There was like a tweet that's like um, from like a Paper Pig account where they're like answering like curious, like uh, like answering a Q and A, and someone asked, "Is Peppa Pig bisexual?" And he's like, "Yes." And <laughs> 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 it's my favorite thing. I love that. Apparently, um, in China, Peppa Pigs become a symbol of like um, yes. social rebellion I and love um, anti-fascism <laughs> because um, <laughs> Peppa Pigs um, being like censored. Yeah. the Chinese um, government. I love that. It's, I think it's what the creators of Peppa Pig intended. Um, yeah, for sure. They're yeah. like, yeah, this is going to be um, yeah. an anti-fascist icon. Yeah, Peppa <laughs> leads the... Peppa threw the first uh, stone at... Uh, fuck. <laughs> I can't even speak. Peppa threw the first brigade stone wall. Confirmed. <laughs> yes. Yes.